Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped, the greatest beer app the world has ever known and the greatest community of beer drinkers that I've ever known. As a sponsor of this episode and podcast, Untapped's offering 20% off anything you buy in the Untapped merch store. So that's hats, t-shirts, maybe even one day reading glasses like Harrison and I wear sometimes just to see the screens. Uh, but if you go to the Untapped store, it's going to be store.untapped.com. Buy something cool. Like literally, it's going to be Christmas soon and you're going to be realizing that you forgot to buy a present for that person that you didn't expect was going to be at the Christmas party or that office exchange. Get them an Untapped mug and save 20% off by using the coupon code PODCAST. <clears throat> All right. So... John, I used to think of wheat beers as summer beers. And it was a pretty easy pitch. Probably as crisp, refreshing, almost tastes like a, a liquid fruit salad, heavy on the oranges, of course, but really kind of the perfect companion for too many hot dogs and a minor league baseball game. Huh, someone put an orange in my beer. Oh, well, this night is too perfect and I'm too uncomfortable to really care. And I was content with that being my reality. And then one fateful fall Philadelphia evening, say that five times fast, that all changed. Uh, I was at my local pub being my usual indecisive self, staring at the taps, hemming and hawing. What am I going to have? What am I going to, what do I want? Googling things on untapped, looking stuff up. When the barkeep said, this is a great night for an Allagash White. Oh, yes, white, the summer beer, I thought, and I guess I said out loud because he quickly said, yeah, the spices from the coriander and the yeast really work with a festive fall night like this one. It's like they pair well with this cool air or something. And I was immediately intrigued, grabbed a pint, and just, you know, let the spices kind of take me on a clove-filled journey through that cool, dark evening. I was all of a sudden trading in memories of, Summer beach beers, looking forward to pairing beers instead with maybe a fire pit or a honey baked ham and mustard sandwich. Yep. Enjoying a few, you know, at a close to room temperature while watching National Influence Christmas Vacation. I was hooked. Wheat beers in that moment became a completely different experience for me and helped solidify Allagash White on my Mount Beer more forever. So that's my story. But if you're still not sold and about wheat beer as being a fall beer and, and maybe something inside you is saying, I need my fall winter beers to be on the darker side of things. Harrison, thanks for no saying thanks. Well, I hear you. And I really look forward to sharing with John today a world class Dunkelweiss. So a dark wheat beer and offer up that style as an easy entry point to thinking about wheat beers as more than a summer crusher, but really the perfect partner for sweater weather, which I can't even say one time fast. Uh, in fact, I think Dunkelweiss Nights has a nice ring to it. Like a, could be a cool sitcom show, a buddy cop movie. It's Dunkelweiss Nights. I don't know, maybe not. Um, but uh, also, and more importantly than movies that'll never exist, this beer is going to help us unlock one of Untapped's new core badges. Do that today, and also talk about all the fun new styles. Was just the just added to the app, but but first, 
John, what badge am I talking about? Yeah, I'm. I want more uh, fateful fall Philadelphia Fridays. Those are <laughs> much like Harrison's gift of alliteration. The badge we're focusing on tonight is, as Harrison alluded to, brand new core badge on Untapped, labeled Wit Weiss and Wizen. Or if you've already drank a few, maybe like Wit Weiss Weizen, if you want to change the double U's to double V's. But basically. <laughs> The description when you unlock this badge will tell you if your mash uses more than 50% wheat, you've got yourself a wheat beer. And now this badge focuses on the whole family of wheat beer. So a Gosa, a half of Eisen, American wheat ales, which Harrison and I have mused over and loved. I mean, Franziskaners in this group, but so are some of the summer Gosas we drink. It's like the whole family is together now, uh, if I understand it correctly. And Harrison as the picture he painted is going to take us down a road of wheat beers that aren't harpoons, UFO and Allagash white. Uh, it's, it's, I don't It is the winterier wheat beer. I don't want to say no. that. I like Dunkelweiss nights. What are we drinking today? That's right. So we're going to have a classic and almost as old, almost as old school as you can get. Um, Dunkelweiss this evening. We're going to have Undexter's Vice Beer, their Dunkelweiss, excuse me, obviously dark beer, Dunkelweiss, dark wheat beer. Um, and it comes from us from Klosterbury Undex. So they are in the Bavarian Mountains outside of Munich. They're amazing. We'll talk more about this monastic brewery in a bit, but it is a wheat beer, Dunkelweiss, and 5%. 15 IBUs, carries a 3.7 on on tap with about out of five with about 20,000 check-ins. And from the brewery themselves, as they describe this beer, the aromatic character of this dark wheat beer is maintained by selecting the best wheat barley from Bavaria malt houses and aroma hops from Hallertau. It appeals to the eye with its pronounced typical chestnut color. The turbidity um, is finely structured. It's topped with a very creamy and Finally, porous head for the connoisseur's nose. Dark wheat beer from the Holy Mountain offers a harmonious interplay of fruit aromas, in particular ripe banana, pineapple, with caramel and cocoa notes in the background. As a final note, they say that their vice dunkel, vice beer dunkel, is elegant and lively to drink, featuring a round and soft body, like caramel sweetness, and harmoniously combines the fine hot bitterness. Uh, with the final bitterness, it's soft and refreshing. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to drink it, John. You already had four sips. Uh, what's what's happening? What's going on over there? We're traveling yes. back five hundred and fifty years. What's what's going down? They got it right five hundred and fifty years ago, and they're continuing <laughs> to do that. This is so the note when I heard you say like ripe banana, pineapple, and caramel, I thought of like Ooh. a delicious, I don't know, like Christmas pizza treat. I don't know where I'm going with that, Ooh. but. Banana and wheat beers. Banana is a flavor that I love. Like Weinstefaner's Vitis is one of my favorite beers because it tastes like a ripe banana. And I'm pretty sure it's just the yeast that does that. This beer takes that banana and like dredges it in dark sugar and then blow torches it. And it just comes across like, tastes like, like winter banana bread. I mean, I, I'm going to shut up. I'm going back for another review. Harrison, have you gotten a chance to? And as I as I wait for you to pour it out so you're not rushing to chug this from your bottle, the head on here was also yeah. 
I can see it. I can I can see it on your, but it's the head is like, it reminds me of like, like not quite as light as like a nitro with tiny little bubbles, but right. I mean, it just disappeared as soon as I touched it and it, and it also brought a lot of flavor. So now we've got this delicious caramelized banana bread and a little bit of like caramelized banana whipped cream on top with uh, with a good pour. Oh, old Dunkel yeah, Vice okay. dip there. It dove right in. Dunkel Vice night swimming. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> Dunkel Vice nights is, um, that's a, that's got some legs to it, maybe. Yeah, this is right. The nose on here, that's what I want in a, in this kind of beer is bananas and cloves. Hit me over the head with it. it but it's, you know, when you say that, sometimes people like imagine like fake banana candy or like, gross clothes and you're at a concert you didn't want to go to and everyone's dirty that's not what this is this is like <laughs> elegant it's it's you know you know that it's coming from the yeast so that's it's nothing fake about it just what's happening here which adds for me anyway this element of like wow just like a wow how did they what an amazingly unique beer that uh it's that's just the way it is that's just the way the yeast works in it the way they ferment it like there's nothing they had to do other than what you would expect a brewery to make this beer to make it taste this wild. It's kind of remember the first time I started drinking Dunkelweisses and Weizenbachs and beers that had like Belgian beers that big clovey kind of what we call phenolic notes, spicy notes, things like that. Um, it was it was so like unreal. It was so surprising, and I was like, do they put banana in this? Do they? Why is this so intense? Why are these flavors so intense? Is this all artificial? And obviously it's not. But I remember the first time having these kinds of beers being like, how does this exist? How did someone four or 500 years ago figure this out? And as I said before, they kind of just let the yeast do what it wants to do. And here you have it. But tons of bananas, tons of clove, definitely in the nose. But it's very smooth. And it's in the flavor. That's not crazy overpowering. It is more kind of like nice and caramely. A little bit of chocolate happening as John tends to his duties as a dog dad. Mm. Man. Ooh. But, right, so there is that classic. So it's funny, right? It's just a, this is a, John's back. This is a vice beer, right? It's a wheat beer. You get that, like, orange note in the, as I'm sipping it, that unmistakable, it's a Hefeweizen citrus note. When I go back for a sip number two, it's just sitting there. It's not as intense as like Franz's Connors is. It's not, or Vine Stefaner's. It's not like a big old, you're like in an orange all of a sudden, the most orangey orange you've ever experienced, but it's there. And that's to do with a lot of things, a lot of specialty malts in this. It's not just like a darker wheat beer. Like there's more happening than just have a lot of specialty malts in here that are going to change the flavor uh, as well as the color. But man. What a trip down memory lane, truly, uh, again, 550 plus years ago, which is, ah, it was like just yesterday, I'm sure, to nobody. Yeah, yeah, probably you're right, 550 years ago, but sometimes (laughs) I feel like I just started today, 550 years ago, (laughs) and uh, at the end of a long day, if you listen to this on Wednesdays when it usually comes out, you're like in the middle of your week. And listening to Harrison walk through this beer, one, gave me time to let my barking dog in the back door. 
Um, but two, I feel like I just learned a lot about this beer. Hmm. Having you walk through it, I don't think I would have identified the orange or even a citrusy note when I, when I go in and I look for it, I get like my brain tells me that it's more like, like a candy dark sugar. Yes. In here. That's there too. For um, sure. But it, I mean, it, I'm old enough now where I've, I've drank beers for Christmas as much as I ate cookies for Christmas and the flavor that, that these Dunkelweiss beers bring, like it's, it tastes like, like Christmas is like the catch all for like winter celebration in my sure. life, but it tastes like winter celebration. Yeah. It tastes like good. New, I don't know. It tastes like good Christmas. Oh, darn it. I did it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It tastes like an adult version of Christmas morning, turned afternoon, turned napped on the couch. It tastes like Yuletide, whatever that is. Um, yeah. it, tastes like, <laughs> it tastes like a lot of things, but I like your comparison to like adults cookies i mean there is a little bit of cocoa happening caramely kind of crystallized dark sugar that's in there too it's a very complex beer i mean you know and it's one of those ones that like it's easy to drink it quickly it's it's only five percent but this time of year it's great to kind of just hold the glass let it warm up a little bit and see what it does because that is I mean, you wouldn't think it, but sitting down, chilling out with a wheat beer and letting it warm up a bit, it is going to become as complex as like the craziest imperial stout out there. Maybe not the craziest, but now we're living in, you know, put people putting cars True. and stuff in their beer yeah. or whatever. Don't challenge birds. But, um, <laughs> but it does, but it's, it's, it, again, it's, it's I, very I, I get far so much away. Out of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this, this Dunkel. Vice brings more flavor than I associate with a wheat beer. As someone that grew up in America drinking wheat beers, I got like, you know, like Blue Moon, Who Garden, Harpoon's right. UFO was one that I drank a lot, Franciscaner. So most of my wheat beers were just like, is an early drinker. They were like really flavorful beer. Didn't really know much right. different about them. Had a little bit more haze to them. And then right. this is like starting to kind of un pack those onion layers where now I can drink a wheat beer and realize that they're not, like, they're not all like UFO and Franziskaner. There's a lot of breath available in that style. Yep. And a lot of work and this beer, a lot of history. So as we said, if you guys don't know, so this is on the brewing side brought to us from the, really the monks of Ondix Abbey. So they're, Benedictine monks, they um, have operated an, an abbey in Andic, that's the region or the town that they're in, um, since 1455, which is crazy, um, yeah. and have been innovating ever since. I mean, new malt houses, new bodily facilities, 100 plus years ago, they, um, they built a new malt house half a century ago, they built their first bodily facility, so taking their time, um, expanding, but really that wasn't the goal. It was always the goal to use the beer to, again, as ways to raise funds for the church to support. A lot of the work they do is with the homeless in Munich, Germany, which is pretty cool now. So a lot of the proceeds of the beers they make go to help great causes as is really required from monastic breweries. Um, it's a, I mean, it's what they want to do. It's, it's not even a requirement. It's probably the wrong way of saying it, but it's, it's part of their duty and they're using beer to make the world better, which is 
it's always really cool, but just it's amazing history that you know if you want to take some time and jump into Ondix's website, you can do that. It's just Ondix, so A-N-D-E-C-H-S dot D-E. Huge history section, just like Orval's site, which is just yeah. as steeped in history, if not more. Um, but if you want to nerd out, tons of cool stuff there. We'll drop a link in the show notes to it so you can take an afternoon, drink some wheat beers, and and just kind of follow these monks who basically traveled all over Europe and decided this is where we're going to be at this, the Holy Mountain, they call it, where the abbeys at the top and the breweries. Been all over that that mountain since it started uh, and the malt house, different places and things. So really cool, cool history to it. Um, but just wild that, again, we get to 500 plus years later, be drinking that beer. Yeah, they started this before there were iPhones. Um, yeah, it's a little bit. I guess before. really, or or radios <laughs> for that. <laughs> right. Is that, I, 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 don't, I haven't researched it, but I think that's before the Pony Express, too. Very much. Before there was even a place known, well, I guess the right, before there was even a place known as America, it was something else. It was, it was the end of the world for a lot of people, unless you lived there as a Native American. Yeah. And then it was just where you lived. Um, yeah. But to, to Europe, it was just sea monsters and who knows in 1455 out there. Although, let's not get down rabbit holes, but maybe not. The Vikings knew pre-Columbian trade routes. That's a different podcast. John and I go deep into the conspiracy <laughs> theories of that their dinosaurs still exist on small islands across the coast of Peru. No, just kidding. But maybe not. Um, but maybe. Where's not a lot of things? Why are they doing it? <laughs> What's there? Um, we'll never know. Somebody knows. Uh, but anyway, back to Ruth. Dunkle Vice is working. Dunkle Vice Nights. No rules. Dunkle Vice Nights. <laughs> Dunkle Vice Nights, the future of bachelor parties for Dunkle right. Vice Nights for the married. Per- yeah, all right. Like a so married, a safe they probably have a cool t shirt. <laughs> what do you do? Well, nights, I'm yes. going over to Harrison's for Dunkelweiss night. We're gonna, you know, wear imagine t-shirts. We're gonna drink some uh, dark wheat beers and yeah. probably play dice or checkers or something halfway. Dungeons and Dragons, rewrite the history of the world, all kinds of things. Dunkelweiss nights is whatever you want it to be. Just no rules unless you want some. So you can have yeah, rules and, if you want. That's not no necessarily. A subset of the year of the lager, (laughs) slightly different because of Dunkel Weiss, but you could drink like a Munich Dunkel or a a, a, a Dunkel that was brewed with lager yeast, and you could still manage to just make that like an annual highlight in the year of the lager as well. We'll probably have to get one of those beers on here eventually. Mm, Smart. I agree. I have one in mind. Um, oh, for now, Dunkle Vice Nights, we're living large right now, killing it with this beer. Um, man, I wish I had more of it. I'm going to slow down. It's working. Yeah, it's a big enough bottle where it's probably already halfway gone for well, gone. you over there, Harrison. Um, so Dunkle Vice, as, as you can probably tell, has had its effects on Harrison and I as we go <laughs> through the history of this brewery mixed with dinosaurs on remote blurred out islands that probably don't exist. One thing that does exist is this brand new badge. Like, it hasn't, it's, it's not even a month old yet, yeah. but 
on untapped if you set your profile to enable retroactive badges what will happen is when you check into your first beer that qualifies for this badge anything that you would have that you drank before that would have qualified will automatically help you level up this badge so harrison and i'll talk about where we are later but where we are as a community this badge at the time of recording is like six days old maybe and it's already been unlocked by 12,000 different people. So that's, yep. that's, that's a decent amount here. Could just coming back into it, brand new badge. And the unlocks, the, the beers that we see people unlocking this with the most, not a lot of Dunkel Weizens, not, I don't think any. Um, you might not be surprised to see Blue Moon at the top of that list. Whether you love it or you hate it, Blue Moon was a lot of people's kind of gateway away from those typical macro beers that they started drinking. It's a natural, like, kind of first transition out of uh, macro American lager, if you will. Then we saw uh, Polliner's Hefeweizen. Um, There's one that gets in here, and it was in like, it was in the third place, and it comes from Bell's Brewery. It's Rind Over Matter. Right, it's newer. That's yeah. That's like only a couple of months old, and I was really excited to see that right up at number three, competing with uh, Vine Stefan or uh, Allagash White, which we is an amazing classic beer. Franziskaner is on my Mount Beermore, Who Garden, um, and then some craft brewers to to round out those top ten was a little something something. From Lagunitas, another great brewery, and Gumball Head from Three Floyds. So you got a little a little mixture of like classic uh, German style breweries and beers, and then their interpretation over here in the states with Allagash White, and then the further iteration of that with like Lagunitas, little something something. Uh, really cool to yeah. see those top beers. I know. I love the way it all breaks out and then yeah i mean gumball head was one of the like early pioneers in, in from three floyds and like let's put some more hops in this wheat beer and see what happens and that created that was one of those kind of buzzy beers that people were like have you gotten this have you got alpha king from three floyds have you had gumball head zombie you dust know? so zombie dust of course so so many classics um come to mind but that was one that i remember the first time having gumball head i mean like this is very different I did not know yeah. what to expect and it's different. And now it's, you know, again, you know how the pale, the pale wheat IPAs are now called something different. Um, so um, anyway, but um, something else to point out that I wanted to make sure we highlighted was we'll talk more, more about this in a little bit, but one of the big changes on Tamp just did, which has been asked for by moderators and users forever is creating the wheat beer parent category. So all that means is basically this is a great example of it because we have one for IPAs and stouts, a lot of other styles is just starting with the parent, that kind of top level beer, in this case, wheat beer, um, and then getting more specific with sub styles. So in order to unlock this badge, it's American Pale Wheats do it, Hefeweizens, Crystal Weizens, Dunkel Weizens, the wit beers or blanch beers, wheat wine, that's a good night, but ooh, an early one. That one, um, yeah, that was a. Ooh, I remember that <laughs> the one of those I've had as soon as yeah, you exactly. said it. Man, we used to make one that was just dangerous. Uh, a Hefeweizen light, 
um, a wheat beer other, and then Hoppin Weiss, so a, a hoppier wheat beer. Um, so those are the ones you have to check in to get this, because again, it's all about unlocking beers in the parent wheat beer category, all the sub-styles there. So um, a lot to choose from, obviously, but cool as heck that it's only, right, like a couple days old, basically, and already thousands of people unlocking them. Retro badges, retroactive badges help a lot there. So, John, how are you doing on this badge? Let's take a look at our, our own progress. <laughs> yep. So uh, in preparation for this episode, I drank uh, Hefeweiss beer, Dunkel, from mm-hmm. Wine Stefaner. The more uh, mm-hmm. the more of these beers you drink, the more you try and maybe sound like your German right. is better than it is. But uh, so I drank that, activated retroactive badges, started off at level 10. Sometimes I wish I didn't do that because I feel like I miss out on the chance to level it up, but also yeah. uh, level 10. Right. I've still got a lot of work to do here. Right. True. Um, yeah, my first, my fir- when I went back and scrolled through in this badge, the first one that helped me earn it was from a small brewery called Local Option out in Chicago. Mm. There's a beer called Blood of the Kings. And I didn't remember having that being in Chicago, <laughs> uh, checking it in. It was back in uh, March 2015. So thanks, Untapped, for helping me remember my first wheat beer check-in. That's awesome. That's a, and a while ago. But as you said, level 10, great work, but plenty more wheat beers ahead of you to level that one out. Or the yeah, uh, yeah. Plenty of work to be done. What about you, Harrison? All right. So... This beer, when I check it in, because I do have retroactive badges turned on, will put me at a level five. So John's beating me, as always. Um, But it was fun to look back on that badge and see other beers I've had on the kind of wheat beer journey. Most recently, before tonight, it was White Tie from Westbrook Brewing, which was amazing. And if you haven't had that beer, it's like a different take on kind of like a Belgian-style wheat and Westport knows what they're doing on all beers, but especially being in Charleston where it's crazy hot a lot of the year, kill it on crushable, delicious wheat beers. So white ties are really a take on it. Um, the first uh, beer, though, that I had to kind of start the, the this journey on this badge was from the 10th of December, 2014. I've talked about it before. It's a beer called Excelsior 13 from Ithaca Brewing. And it was labeled as like a hoppy wheat beer back in the day when you no one really knew what to, knew what to do yet with, I have a wheat beer, I dumped a lot of hops in it. So you'd hear them be called white IPAs, wheat IPAs, hoppy wheat beers, all kinds of stuff. So it's still in the chaos of like hops and wheat, something's happening here. It's like when your friends are maybe dating, maybe not in high school. And it's like, if you call them a couple, are they just more than friends? What's the right word? I don't want to get in trouble and lose two <laughs> friends because I'm an idiot. Um, it was the courtship time of hops and wheat. And uh, they little a hoppy, hoppy wheat beer. But a lot of memory. I do have a lot of memory. Well, a fair amount of memory of that beer because we had it. My, my buddies, I was living at the time. And we're like, okay, well, let's go back to the store and get all of this that they have. We kind of said that jokingly one night, and one of my roommates came back with like five bottles of it. And he was like, I was there near our local Wegmans, and I just got yeah. everything. Yeah, 
Ah, so anyway, and lots of great memories. I ate some. I love that beer. So cool that it popped up. Uh, it reminded me of you. You've got some. You've got a lot of Ithaca early beers. I know here. they're they're and, and yes, Bill, if you're listening to this one, Ithaca is technically a distant suburb. <laughs> just really, 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 really distant. Right. Um, it's all relevant. But I, uh, I I I love seeing the the Ithaca throwbacks in your check in history, and there's more. I know we're focusing on this Wit Weiss and Wisen badge of the new core badges the untapped did a little bit more work than that too i know harrison you were talking about some extra badges that people be able to earn as well do you got a quick rundown i do yeah so if you didn't see all of our social media we did release some new core badges so this uh the wit weiss and bison one why you know again how many bees is up to you and how many beers you had <laughs> but um one we're enjoying tonight but then also two more s'more beer please which is a venue badge, can be unlocked at a, a venue with category campground, and then breakfast of champions, you just check in a beer at a breakfast venue. So more core badges, they're out there. Get your pancakes and your stouts ready or whatever, have some breakfast of champions, and if you're sleeping outside, having some beers outside one night, maybe get lucky and check into a campground and get some more beer, please. Or you just go camping, which true. A lot of people do. You should you should go camping at least once a day, um, or one, maybe I mean once a year. Right. But that'd be right. breakfast venues a challenge. That's we're just talking about like an old molasses jar and an IHOP turning into a weird southern right. mead. But uh, but man, that's that's a challenge that I'm excited to unlock. Yeah. Uh, Denny's Lager maybe, but sure it could happen. And I mean I think it actually did but um and it wasn't just new core bad as we added something that uh we got a lot of questions about and a lot of you guys reached out so thanks for doing that because they wanted to know more i think about the same time we released these new core badges we also updated the untapped styles and style guidelines added some new styles merged some styles which used to happen on i think an, an annual basis pretty much uh, with the moderators getting together and kind of observing the craft beer landscape and deciding, all right, what's changed? What do we need to do to adapt to the ever-growing world of craft beer? And it's been a little bit since we've done that. So we've sat down and revisited the styles that are here and the styles that probably should be here. And so that's happened now again. It was a really cool process that um, the moderators went through. And now it sounds like this happen about every six months or so you should be seeing many more updates on the style side of things which is really exciting because again for a while it was a little kind of ad hoc there's a ton of cleanup that was done this time around it also really set the groundwork for a, a system that we can rely on to have this be much more current and not sit on the shelf for as long as it did before when it comes to updating style. So um, so wanted to hit you guys with a couple of highlights since you're asking about it. And again, this is, I think it's so cool that we're, we're doing this and, you know, adapting as the, the craft beer world does, but there were in this round of voting 60 different items. So either a beer wow. being merged into another style, a new style, renaming a style. So 60 different kind of items to be voted on and 26 of them um pass which is it's really neat so meaning the moderators agreed and a majority yep this is a good idea this will be better for the community let's do it 
Um, and a bunch of highlights we want to jump through. Uh, let's start with the style merges there, John, quickly, and then we can yeah. work through some style name changes and get to the, the good stuff, the new styles. So some things got renamed, some things got built anew, but uh, two things got kind of merged. The uh, If you've seen before, like Lager Euro Dark or Lager Euro Pale, those Euro qualifiers just got merged now where it's just Lager Dark or Lager Pale, which will help kind of unify if you're drinking a dark lager. The Euro thing's not really something uh, that's differentiated anymore. They're just all in the same category. Yeah. Yep. And similarly to the merges were a lot of name changes. So this is kind of just like cleaning up and procedural, but I think the, the really important thing to take away is that we're trying to be more organized, uh, which is important. And so instead of just kind of having a bunch of beer styles that are listed different ways, or maybe you may see, you know, IPA session, IPA white, IPA hazy, but then also see American wild ale, now you're going to see things like Wild Ale, American, Bach, Icebox. So that parent category we're talking nice. about, sweet beers, that's going to become more normal, uh, more standard when it makes sense, of course. And perhaps the most noticeable one was jumping into those kind of New England style IPAs. For a while, new styles, whether it was like a double IPA, a hazy single IPA, a hazy pale ale, Hazy Session IPA, they were added at different times in the app and looked a little bit different. Now we have just that IPA parent category and have added the appropriate, you know, double IPA session, triple hazies underneath that with the same verbiage, same language. So it looks much more uniform and it's easier, you know, for you to find and breweries to find all that sort of stuff. So that was a big change, a lot of fun to go through, lots of iterations of that to where it, um, Ended up, I think, making a lot of sense um, just from, again, living that parent category model, which we're adopting. <laughs> um, and uh, so far, so good. But then other things like, um, again, the weepy we talked about, moving sour goes into sour traditional goza. So sour is now the, the parent. So, um, again, a lot of it was kind of just clean, but very, very necessary and speaks to just the approach. I think we we're having now is an app where it's, it's things need to be more uniform and um, that'll make everyone's lives easier. But, and it should allow like when you drink those, yeah, like, like I can see that I'm drinking a sour. This version is a Goza. And the next time I might be drinking a wild sour, this is a different. So it allows you to kind of trace up the, the lineage to get into that. Like you're drinking out of the sour box or the wheat box or IPA, which most everyone does. But that way you can kind of get a feel for it. So you don't have to go into a bar and say like, I like ales. Uh, you, right. can, you can like, you can, you can further quantify that a little bit easier now. Yeah, exactly. Right. It definitely helps with discovering new styles and things like that as a beer drinker. And speaking of new styles, I'll let John Ooh. start with this, but there were a ton. We had a 12 new styles of beer to untap. Some of them were like, I can't believe this isn't in here. Some of them, though, were kind of speaking towards new things brewers were doing, recently new, really taking off. Um, it needed to be highlighted, and now that's that's happening. Yeah, some of these I, I got really excited about to see that they've got their own style. Um, some of them I was surprised that we didn't have, like uh, IPA New Zealand, right? Yes. New so, Zealand yeah. IPA, I think it used to be or maybe known as an international New Zealand right. hops. Like 
Right. Now I know that I can look for and find a New Zealand right. IPA. And that one was uh, really important because we had pale ale in New Zealand, but had no yeah. IPA in New Zealand. So there, I ran into an exact situation the other week and I was trying to edit a beer that was a New Zealand IPA and couldn't. The only option I have was a pale ale in New Zealand. So now, actually, I got to jump through and, and change that beer. It hadn't happened already. Um, but, um, but yeah, so stuff like that. That's what I mean about just... Think little things that are basically just like clerical oversights. Like, oh, uh, we should have an IPA where there's a pale ale in the same category. Anywho, yeah, a little uh, like cleanup, and I'm obviously probably most exciting for some of us that are really in uh, the untapped kind of ecosystem. Mm-hmm. This also twelve new styles means you know you can finally level up your wheel of styles badge if you have it. Yes. If you've already maxed it out, now you've got 12 brand new styles. So if you're on that, you know, like cutting edge of untapped users, we've got some work to do again on the Wheel of Styles badge. If you've already maxed it out, though, like your I, your travel points must be <laughs> limitless. Um, but also <laughs> bring it like again, uh, there's uh, Italian style Pilsner is yes. now a style and Harrison and I were drinking one of those at an untapped festival not too long ago and kind of asking, you know, what's the difference between an Italian style Pilsner? Does it have Parmesan in it? You know, like kind of <laughs> like figuring that out and now being able to track from my check-in history, you know, do I rate the Italian ones higher than the German or the American right. ones? I'm excited to be able to see. There's one, I know we just did a mead kind of recently. Yes. And mead's, I'll still say, as a as a subjective viewpoint, meads are underrepresented. Drink them, yeah. find them, drink them. Uh, one of the new styles they added is a boche, which is a mead, but they caramelize the honey. So when Harrison and I were talking about new wave from uh, bean nectar, I asked him, "Is the honey kind of tantamount to like malt in a beer?" Right. And Harrison explained it a lot. And then when I saw this boche being added, now I want to find one because it sounds like it would be like the stout version of a mead, and that was really exciting. Now I have to try and find one. Uh, did you see any new styles that kind of made you think like I gotta I gotta figure out where these are, Harrison? Yeah. So a really cool trend that is it's not crazy yet but it's happening i'm seeing it more and more at certain breweries is using cozy as a way of souring beers or a different way of fermenting and this is kind of the japanese tradition of a koji is just cooked rice or soya beans that have been inoculated with a, a certain fermentation culture like a basically a wild um bacteria but you could use that to your beer and, and ferment your beer with that and with yeast or that alone. Um, instead of yeast, so we're, re- we're recognizing that beer now as the Koji or Ginjo beer inside Untapped as an official style, which is cool. And again, it's not everywhere, but when I was reading about it and learning more, I, it feels like the important sour beers have become and how cool this sounds, a different approach, a different new wild yeast we can use in the brewery. It's probably only a matter of time before this becomes um, even more popular. So that one got me excited. Um, and then what made me think of you right away was the sour smoothie pastry, <laughs> because I've watched you get your mind blown a couple of <laughs> times on some smoothie sours and multiple festivals. And this must have, 
I don't know, made you a little bit excited about, ah, I see an opportunity to have an excuse to drink these more to work towards the wheel style badge. Yeah, I'm going to have to try. I basically, I, I, I don't want to like discount any other breweries that are making these, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, great. Every smooge beer is going <laughs> to try and migrate into that category now, but uh, certainly a fan of thick sweet sours i mean if you're not what are you doing with your life just enjoy them um and the one style that i'm i'm excited to see what happens with was corn beer but then uh, on untapped just labeled just corn bear uh corn beer chicha de jora uh which is a peruvian specialty if they if they brew it with yellow corn it's alcoholic if they brew it with blue or purple corn it's non-alcoholic and if you're walking around in peru the way you can find this beer is there's like sticks hanging out of the store and they have uh, blue and orange paper, like plastic bags outside and just be people just yelling like chicha, chicha, chicha. And you, and you get to drink this amazing corn beer that I thought was just, just a Peruvian street beer. I did right. not, I'm excited to see this make its kind of commercial debut. I'm going to be looking for them on untapped. I want to try and find one. It, it was like, it, it tasted hearty, right? Mm. I'd love to get an opportunity to, to get some American brewers take on this unique style. I know. I know Dogfish Head went after that hard a couple of years ago. They made a teacher beer and they, on the TV show they used to have, and everyone freaked out about it. It's kind of a wild process how you make it. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, but exciting that, um, you know, a lot of the new beers, it wasn't just nine new IPAs. It's, it's so yeah. much variety and, you know, again, glad that we're on this. So as John said, there's now 224 different styles on untapped style list. Level 44 is now the max here. We have a style badge. Um, so good luck continuing that journey. If you haven't, since these have been added, um, but yeah, again, cool stuff, and you should expect a lot more attention to styles being taken by us over here at Untapped much uh, more frequently, which I'm excited about because again, I don't need an excuse to drink soup beer, but it's nice when Untapped gives me one. Yeah, <laughs> and if you were going to look for some new beers, one of my favorite ways to find them is to pull up Untapped and just search for them um, and see if they're available near me. I was camping recently and I'll tell you what, it didn't work. There were, there were none of it. That's just how you know you're camping well, if you're right. not close enough to a verified venue to find a beer. Um, but what about you, Harrison? What sort of verified venue would you want to go peruse or feature this week on the cast uh, for their beer yes. selection? Let's do it. So I wanted to highlight Fest Beer Garden in Midlothian, Virginia. So... I actually found this by doing something similar to what John was saying. It's really how I found most verified venues that I like to highlight is by jumping on the beer page of the beer we're enjoying and seeing who's got it. And so Fest Beer Garden it also has this beer. So if you're near Fest Beer Garden and you're Midlothian, sweet. You're close to uh, grabbing this beer and leveling up your drinking socially badge. But um, beyond that, Best Beer Garden's pretty sweet. It's, they kind of build themselves as a local restaurant, dog-friendly, tons of sausages, tons of sandwiches. Their burgers looked amazing. Lots of German-inspired food. Um, and they have 28 taps uh, and, and a really impressive mix of European and American craft beers. Not the 
the German beers you see everywhere, but there were some that, you know, that I couldn't, I could find out maybe two or three other verified venues on untapped in the States. So doing some pretty impressive stuff, right? Um, And locally owned, but serving lots of local beer, lots of international stuff. Um, and really pride themselves on their hormone-free Virginia beef for all the burgers and the steaks, which is great. But again, going local when it makes sense, but then also not shying away from these amazing German beers. So I do love a spot that finds that happy middle ground and knows how to deliver some sausages. And these guys do that in spades. So you yeah. saw some other things, John, didn't you, about uh, about the best beer garden that were notable? Yeah, always at this point in the podcast, I've drank enough of whatever beer we're drinking to have the hunger thing start happening. And so when when I was looking at Fest Beer Garden, as Harrison pointed out, 28 <laughs> beers on tap, some beers in package that you can't even really find anywhere else easily, yeah. um, but also food. And what I like about them is they kind of do it where you can also just take it home. So, you know, you could go there and have a pint, pick up basically a to-go box. Okay, so to explain it, they did an Oktoberfest kit uh, for like a family of four or just me and Harrison. And you could pick it up and it was, I don't remember what it was priced at, but it was like cheaper than going grocery shopping. And what you would come home with is two growlers full of Oktoberfest or lager or Hefeweizen, like growlers that they would fill for you right there. And they do this cool thing where they have a growler cooling bag. Mm -hmm. So like picking up meat and forgetting that you, you know, you got your one time use plastic, you know, meat cooling bag in your wife's (laughs) trunk or something that you always forget. Uh, These guys hook it up. So the growlers stay cold the whole time you're going home. But then Pretzels, bratwurst, knockwurst, sauerkraut, potato salad, mustard, uh, like, and they also pay homage to the beer. So you're getting polliner mugs and like, it was like bringing Oktoberfest home. And I thought that was really cool. They do this. It seems like pretty frequently they have like a schnitzel kit you can take home. You can get the worst platter or even as Harrison said, you could grab uh, four burgers and cheese and pickles and everything you need for like 10 bucks a person, bring it home, do dinner the easy way. If we were there, Harrison, I won't ask you what beer you would get because that's 28 on tap and that's going to take a while to sort through, but what would you, what would you bring home to cook for us? Well, as people cooler than me have said before, worst is the best. I'm the worst platter all day. I mean, that, it sounds amazing. Bratwurst, kielbasa, served in a bed of sauerkraut to get a bunch of German potato salad, a bunch of two huge Bavarian pretzels, beer cheese. I would just get that for myself and kind of eat it throughout the week if I was a single man. But I have a family, so they'll eat it and we'll eat it at night. Um, but, I mean, that one, yeah, that that hit a special button in my brain that said, maybe I'm traveling to Virginia tonight. And then I remembered, oh, I have a podcast to do. So um, but that, one, yeah, that, that was amazing. What about you, John? Was anything jumping off to, on the page to you saying that's, that's on the list? I mean, when you told me about uh, the way they source their beef, I got, re- I love cheeseburgers. Um, you know, but the, there's some, like the older I get, the more I love German food. I don't, I used to think of it as like German foods, like sausage and potato salad is nothing too exciting about it. But the older I get, and then I drink a couple of beers and then I realize like German food is exceptional. 
Uh, the schnitzel <laughs> is probably one that I would bring home mm. because it's fun to say and fun it to is. eat. Mm. Um, so, but also I mean, maybe I would just hang out and drink a bunch of beers. Cause like you said, there's a lot of cool German stuff that I probably couldn't find. So maybe I would just turn it into a night of liquid live. Anyways, um, speaking of things that are great, nice night. Dunkelweiss night in Midlothian, <laughs> Virginia. Um, what was your greatest or best beer of the week, Harrison? Yes, I had a cool one. It's been a hot minute since I've enjoyed an alt beer, and I found one that was great at our local spot, one of our local spots, New Anthem Beer Project called Blank Space. And if you haven't had an alt beer before, they're kind of like a lighter brown ale. Sometimes they're a little like spicy. And that was, this one was kind of like a spicy, slight, bready note. But it was perfect for a cool evening um, being just like a, almost like just like a lighter brown ale. Um, but it made me really happy that it, it just exactly was what I expected it to be. Um, could have had a lot more of them. But I stopped at one like a mature professional. Um, but John, what about you? How did you, what was your best beer of the week? What's standing out? What's getting you excited? It, for me, the, the beer that I thought of was when I was unlocking this badge right after it came out, uh, yeah. I drank, uh, Wine Stefaner's Dunkel, Hefeweiss beer Dunkel from Wine Stefaner, the oldest brewery in the world, uh, that's still functioning. And it yeah. was, it was such a great primer for this night of recording their dunkel was like dark wheat banana bread a hundred percent not a style that gets enough love so hopefully listening through harrison and i talk about the wheat beer parent badge the new untapped core badge and the fact that not all wheat beers are the ones you converted uh like blue moon but there's a lot of winter spice deliciousness to be had in the wheat family get out there give it a shot there's honestly there's a whole bunch of badges 244 different styles on untapped so remember if you're a mature professional like harrison it's not mm-hmm. technically a race unless no. you are like me and harrison and you challenge each other sometimes but more like a journey in which every single step or beer you consume is its own victory so hopefully you've got to enjoy one with us today make sure you follow untapped on twitter Instagram, check out podcast.untapped.com or follow Untapped on YouTube. They're doing a lot of cool stuff on there more than just this podcast now, too. Uh, what do you got coming up next week, Harrison? Next week, it's time to celebrate. That's a wink and a nod. Uh, here we're not on. <laughs> Finally, if you know, you know. One of my all-time favorite seasonals will be making an appearance on next week's show. Until then, cheers. Cheers! I've got a little bit left. Doing okay. And-